and welcome to the Salty Boys Podcast. This is a series dedicated to catching all of our listeners, new and old, up to speed with what we have been up to for the past way too long. We'll be taking an in-depth look at some of our characters, both players and NPCs, as well as a lot of our plot points that define the campaign and others that never made it on the air. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Salty Boys Podcast. Primer. Yeah, primer edition with uh, uh, official podcast dog delaying the DM from typing correctly. So last primer, we foreshadowed Yardley's involvement. Of course, we have Yardley's player joining us. So so the purpose of the primers are short form reintroductions or detailings of characters that exist or have been part of the podcast for a little while. This is going to be kind of like a combination like recap, but also a deep lore Think like a Pizza Hut and a Taco Bell, if you will. Ooh, what an amazing (laughs) comparison. Good old Morgan Spurlock, if uh, if you will. (laughs) Supersize me, Salt Marsh edition. (laughs) So our subject tonight is Yardley. We know of some some detail about Yardley. Um, We know that he's from Altair. Oh, so close. Altair. Altair. I'll get there one day. He's from Jaburg. Specifically, well, the continent of Jaburg. The continent of Jaburg. Uh, and he lives or lived in and around Altair and more specifically, Millglade. Uh, one thing we were just talking about is that we've determined that Yardley and his family, the Quiffin family, uniquely hold a trade license from the crown. So, do you want to talk about was that, was that given fairly recently to, to Branford? Was that passed down for a little while? It was passed down, honestly. They, the Mill Glade, being called the Mill Glade, they sell, they, they do an amazing job of making breads and flowers and all sorts of things. Um, Branford was one of those that has delivered the famous grains all over the place. And yeah, upon, upon his dealings with, upon him and other previous Quiffins or other previous peoples will deliver to and from the, from the empire or sorry, not the empire, but from the kingdom of Altair and then thus granting them a license to, to transport that specific grain since it is such a hot commodity. Grains and grain accessories. Yes. Lost on me until this very moment. You know what else you make from grain? Whiskey. Yeah. There is the famous Quiffin Reserve. Yardley was known to have a couple bevies. That's right. And of course, when you have excess grain... God. You let it sit around in some barrels for a little while. God damn it. These dudes put V8s in their, in their boats and <laughs> run from the cops. I love it. They got some ethanol in the, in the tanks. Um, so uh, let's see. We went over uh, Branford. Branford Quiffin, Yardley's dad, was primarily the sailing aficionado of the family. He took Yardley on many, many trips to Altair, from Millglade to Altair to Slaver's Respite. After some time, Yardley got his sea legs. The Quiffin family caught the attention of the Peridot Princess, who we described a fetching lady of high standing, somewhat around Yardley's age, has a hobby of breeding pedigree fairy dragons uh, who have, I think, a pug, like stub noses, bulging eyes. Inbred, de- <laughs> Degenerative discs, <laughs> like wobbly spines. Think like a dachshund and a pug, like, you know, snorting mouth breathing constantly due due to their 
the Peridot princess's family's court connections, they were able to obtain a betrothal to so between the Peridot princess and Yardley. As of now, the Peridot princess is pretty much hunting down Yardley to complete this this marriage contract. This caused, uh, and again, the, the family the family is seeking the Quiffin's trade license. Uh, the Peridot princess's family is seeking the Quiffin trade license to, to their own ends. It, it's either common knowledge or not that the family is in league with a... Uh, Duchess Minerva, who is a vampire in Altair. Uh, bouncing back to the Emerald Gentleman, we talked about Smaragdos, the founder of the Emerald Gentleman, who's reclusive, extremely passionate about history, and created the Emerald Gentleman to be proactive in creating history. Um, the Carrot Court is the inner circle of the Emerald Gentleman. And to join the Emerald Gentleman, you need to make a significant donation for membership, but your membership is ultimately decided by the council, uh, by the Carrot Court, once it's been decided that you have been altruistic or philanthropic enough. And just to be clear, there's no like PO box to send this donation <laughs> to yeah. these. Do- it's a set. If you get an email from the Emerald gentleman saying, send me your credit card number. <laughs> don't respond. <laughs> They're essentially like auditing so many transactions across um, everywhere to oh. see what these, to see where this is going. They're essentially the IRS. Just address it to <laughs> the astral plane and that's it. <laughs> dot, dot JPEG. Right. They're not dumb. So what they're, they're seeing where all this money's going. They're kind of like looking around, essentially like college scouts mm-hmm. for, for sports teams. They're looking around trying to see, oh, this person. And they'll kind of keep a log on them for... Is there a draft <laughs> for the Emerald there's, Gentleman? There is a big draft for the, <laughs> for the Emerald Gentleman. Yeah. We briefly talked about, they have a like an interdimensional party barge uh, that most of the time hangs out on the astral plane where they, they convene, they have their council meetings. Occasionally rain nukes down. <laughs> I don't think they do that. Um, <laughs> just into Shadowfell, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they have a keystone, uh, which is what allows them to travel in and out of on Kaiser. Yeah, they have one of the astral original natural keystones. Yes. We talked about it being an emerald keystone. No, much. Well, I guess we could, do you want to go into a little bit of why Yardley's now being hunted by the Peridot princess. Oh, absolutely. Story time with Yardley. Yeah, a little bit of story time here. You gotta warm your voice up. Oh, it's gonna be bad. I haven't done it. Say gunk ball. God, how long has it been since we played Soul Marsh? I think a year. Let me, uh, I guess I'm the DM. I should set the scene. We're, we're sitting around, uh, outside. uh, We'll say this is somewhere in the drowned forest. Of course, not so drowned anymore. It's dried out quite a bit. Sitting around a little campfire. It's a little stinky. It's got a peaty smell to it. We'll say Captain... Who, Wait, who didn't we take the long, we took a long rest when we recovered the keystone. Mm-hmm. So they just so put it there. Say it there. Who was part of that crew? That would be Captain. Renlock. We'll say it's Captain, Renlock, <laughs> yeah. Francis have all fallen asleep and uh, Gunkbog and Yardley are on watch because nobody would be awake while Yard- Yardley and Gunkbog are talking. <laughs> 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 they, they've in fact slept um, so far away. Yeah. So we have the the giant mushrooms and the the large swampy trees with a Spanish moss growing over them, setting the scene. A beautiful starry night. You can see every star in the, in the cosmos lighting up uh, above you in a warm, crackling fire. Yardley is pouring a thimbleful of uh, his Quiffin Reserve mm. for, um, for Gunkbog, which is essentially a five-gallon tank of it <laughs> for him to go to sleep. Okay. As it, as it pours and aerates, you, you just get that familiar smell of the mill glade and its mills once more. No matter how old the Quiffin Reserve is, it always smells like fresh green. It's a very consistent product. Oh, yeah. Now, now Gunk Bob. Yeah. Nice like these always make me 
miss home just a little bit more. Yeah, Gunkbog with home too. Almost puts a tear in my eye. You were almost home? No, the Gunkbog also miss home. Miss home? Yeah. Where's home for Gunkbog? Uh, is it like my? Is it like Mr. Home or is it just Miss Home? Uh, or is it Anola? Uh, breakfast. Breakfast. Yeah. Oh, Gunkbog, that sounds lovely. But it's not time for breakfast yet. It's time for home, sleep. Home is what Gunkbog has breakfast. Mm. But Gunkbog home in the mountain. Got to get the Gunkbog holds the keystone up. Got to <laughs> put the keystone in the fridge, and then we go to the mountain. Wait, where'd you get that? <laughs> we, we just got it from. The captain, the dead oh, captain, oh, not yeah. not the living captain. We got oh, it from the dead yes, captain. Of course, Gunkbog. How could I forget? Well, Yardley thought that he had it in his bag, but Gunkbog <laughs> got it back out. Was it was Eggplant Boy here? No, he I don't think so. I'm not. I don't think he so. Stayed back. I think I thought he stayed back. Yeah. Anyway, no, it wasn't. But we had the uh, um fucking the other guy, Seamus. No, the automaton, Loxley. Loxley. Yeah, because yeah, we turned him into a hippo. <laughs> Oh, that's <laughs> right. To lure the swamp dragon. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> so you guys are leaned up against the side of a sleeping Loxley hippo. <laughs> oh, so he's going to kind of go look over and say, you know, Gunkbog, I haven't really told you too much about where I grew up, did I? No. Oh. Well, maybe, but Gunkbog forgot. Oh, yeah, Gunkbog does that sometimes. Well, so do I in my yeah. old age. <laughs> 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 wrong pipe. <laughs> with Quiffin with Quiffin Reserve, it's always the wrong pipe. <laughs> yeah, you don't you don't smoke out of the pipe with the whiskey. You smoke out the pipe with the smoke. Oh, Do Quiffin Reserve like a beer bong? <laughs> oh my the, god! The hat. <laughs> it's tagline is it'll get you drunk. <laughs> Yardley L. Quiff and beer. It'll get you drunk. <laughs> so, oh man, he's like, well, you see, Gunkbox, so where I was from before, oh, we made this be- beautiful smells, beautiful smells of of wheat and rolling fields. Did it smell like Riggis? Oh, no, it never <laughs> smelled like Riggis. Okay. Gunkbox <laughs> like Riggis, but he'd been told uh, that death not, I, that don't smell good. I know, I know, I know. Just gets a Vietnam flashback. His eyes widen. Um, Fortunate son, helicopters, but just Rigus on the ground instead of napalm. He was gonna. He was. um, So he's gonna look at Gunkbog. Like you know, I was almost married one time. I'm still engaged, technically. Okay. Is that one of them like? You get engaged for like ten years, and then you say like, I'm gonna get married, but then you don't. Yes, maybe. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I follow, but oh, these nights remind me of that. It was a simpler time, but mm-hmm. when I was sure, na- oh, what was her name? We always called her the Peridot Princess. Beautiful. <laughs> sparkles. <laughs> flashback. Yeah. Beautiful yellow Emerald dress. sparkles. <laughs> yeah. You gotta stay on theme. Something weird was happening. There were stirs of a resistance forming in the Empire at Altair. Oh, so scary. So scary. So I fled. Why'd you why'd you run away? Why you not get married? Something just wasn't setting right with that family. I can't put my finger on it. But I was very close at the time. Now she was an alright kind of gal. Okay, well, alright. Is there something? What happened to her left? Well, now I always hated Catalian. <laughs> Locksley pipes up. 
Loxley, you, sh- you shut up now. I happen to know a thing or two about Cotillion, you piece of shit. What? No one was talking to you, Loxley. How am I supposed to square dance with these big old hippo feet? Oh, yeah, I guess we do got to turn you back now, don't we? <laughs> it's not me, though. Yeah. I'm not the one. It's yeah. okay. You just spell <laughs> end in eight hours. I can unbig. I ain't no fortunate hippo. I can unbigging you. Unbigging you. I don't, don't, don't want to unbigging you again, <laughs> yeah. but I can make you a tiny hippo instead of a bigger hippo. Dunk yeah. yeah. got unbigging once. It didn't I'm, go away. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm still awake. I, I don't need to sleep. I don't know why I'm laying down right now. Well, you're a good pillow right now. Nice blubbery, blubbery sack for us to lay on. I'll, I'll remember this. Never say I did nothing for you. You got it. Consider it forgotten. Right, Gunkbug? Gunkbug already forgot. Yeah, you did. <laughs> anyway, I got kind of invested in this story. So uh, how'd, you, how'd you meet this Peridot princess? Well, you see, our families fell into getting this license. Very particular sort of license. We were we were allowed to bring in our grains from uh from the mill glade, and we sold to the empire at Altair, and we also sold pretty much to a we catered to a lot of the more wealthier people. Uh oh, here comes the pitter patter of uh. <laughs> here comes the podcast. The dog, podcast guys. dog. Woo! It's your turn. The omniscient <laughs> pitter patter. <laughs> and you see, we had a had this great license, oh, and it worked out, and then. We were in court one day, and someone caught my eye. She wasn't the prettiest. She wasn't the smallest. But she kept on staring. And I was perplexed as well. <laughs> she she met all my standards. She wasn't pretty. She wasn't smart. But boy, did she make eye contact. <laughs> like a ravenous wolf walking around a deer. <laughs> Her, her shoulders, her head was low, and her shoulders bounced back and forth as she walked across the She floor. wriggled through the air like a worm. <laughs> Simultaneously like a worm in the ground and a worm dragon. I c- couldn't explain it, but I was aroused. <laughs> Sorry. She, she bounced across the ballroom like a pinball. <laughs> Lost on the floor of a like a ball bearing bouncing around a mill house. <laughs> Flew through the air like a catapult. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Like a, a we quiff, were quiffing custom grain catapult. <laughs> we were we were dancing around the ballroom like millstones in the mill glade. <laughs> Going round and round. I'm sorry. Oh my god. I'm shitting on your beautiful love story. Be great. <laughs> Hey, we um, usually hey, shit we on your content. That's true. We established she's not ugly. <laughs> um, no, she's not. But ugly. if Yardley doesn't think she's that that pretty, not the prettiest. Yeah, definitely like not a definitely not a ten. Maybe a solid eight. All right, yeah. So anyway, like I was saying, Gung Bob. Okay. She caught my eye, and I caught hers, and we ended up striking a nice conversation. I didn't think anything would go anywhere. Time kept going on. We delivering, and then she came up to me and was talking about how all the good that uh, her family said that we could that we could provide for that kingdom. And I said, hmm, well, that's, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Little did I know that that good also came with some condition. And we, they said we were to be wed. Oh, God, read the terms and conditions. I did not read the fine print on that uh, on that agreement there, but... <clears throat> yeah, he just hit agree. <laughs> while it didn't sound like a bad agreement for a lot of other people, something just didn't sit quite right with me. Devil's in the details. It sure is. It I sure talked to devil within a, a burner. I wouldn't know anything about that, Kunk Bog. We gotta wait another season for that. <laughs> <laughs> you're not the right character I'm supposed to be talking to about that. <laughs> yeah, is that uh, when you do like a text 
adventure. It's like, I don't have anything to say about that subject. <laughs> she was trying to use our, our mutual interests to her advantage. And I maybe I don't know if her, her family had any handle in it or not, but I met them briefly, but something just, again, something felt weird. But we still we still hit it off quite like a hoot nanny in the holler. So we uh she decided that she wanted to be wed. Now I was she kind of forced my hand a little bit. I see I was I'm mean, trying to find some information about my father. Gunkbog doesn't know who her daddy. Well, no, Gunkbog does know who her daddy is, but Gunkbog forgot where he put his daddy to. Oh, rough life, buddy. Yeah, not too bad. Gunkbog get to eat regus. <laughs> so I've been trying good. Been trying to find him for quite some time. And I just hadn't hadn't had any luck, but I figured the last place he was at was the Empire at Altair. I was kind of forced into this situation to be wed. Plans were drafted, beautiful occasion. Oh, Quiffin Reserve, barrels everywhere. Quite a pretty penny was spent on this wedding. Tell me you didn't leave her at the altar, at least. Well, oh, I did. Well, he left her at the altar. <laughs> <laughs> I did. That's, that's actually why pretty good gum crock. That's why it's called Altair. <laughs> that's why it's called Altair. Because he hardly <laughs> left his princess bride this, this at the altar. This king has been standing for many, many centuries. <laughs> uh, that straight up doesn't add up. And, it doesn't. <laughs> Just some flavor text. <laughs> Gunkbug's not very good at math, but he can even do the math on that one. All right, so so you get cold feet and you run away. And wouldn't you know it, there was some stirrings, some weird vampire stirrings. I caught wind of a couple rumors. This Duchess character. Twelve vampires jumped out. <laughs> tried to get Thirteen <laughs> vampires. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> a vampire hydra. <laughs> oh, man. Are we going to do that? We're not going to. We're going to no. do that. That's Clarf's it's, thing. It's not Clarf. That's fair. Clarf is dead. Yeah. Clarf is. Clarf died. Clarf is dead. <laughs> Rip. No matter how much everyone wants to bring him back, he's fucking dead. But yeah, some weird whisperings about a vampire starting to pop up. While I while I did leave Miss Peridot behind, I felt felt pretty terrible about it. Wasn't the greatest move. I made her look like a fool in front of the court. Gunkbug make himself look like a fool every day. Gunkbog, you're one of the smartest people I've ever met. Yeah, he's not very well traveled. <laughs> when I grab the hammer. <laughs> so, oh, good, good point, good sir. Why, there I appreciate is. your there candor <laughs> and your complimentariness. <laughs> and no, excuse me while I get up to go to use the restroom. Oh, okay. Just sounds like a fucking fire hydrant. <laughs> Knock a tree over. <laughs> Hit the drown forest again. <laughs> Uh, fuck. Broke the seal. Became a little bit of a freedom fighter almost. Recruited some people in my, this underground network. I adopted this Monica called the Mechanic. Oh. I thought it was kind of cool, but. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Like you in like a Jason Statham movie. People won't join unless they think it's a cool organization's name. But that's yeah. a, it wasn't an organization, though. Oh. Unfortunately, it was uh, mostly fueled by rumors. Anytime you're in Altair, everything is fueled by rumors. Mm. Until they find out it's actually true. But everything is always shrouded in such mystery. I guess it's politicking all the time. I don't take too kindly to that. Mm. Even though I still joined into the rumor bill. How does your old uh, green fellas factor into this? Oh, the green fellas. That's right. Oh, I was a, I was a mate. <laughs> I feel like the green fellas. <laughs> I feel like that's their like Shitty golf fellas. club, yeah. like their golf team, like their softball teams. Yeah, yeah, their intramural golf team. Yeah. The green fellas. green fellas. Funny you mentioned that. It was. I wasn't always part of the gentleman. My daddy and I. We would sail all the way around. I the thought way. you were born into it. <laughs> uh, no, one doesn't get born to the gentleman. 
Oh, maybe he born with it. Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> I don't know what that is, Gunkbug. No, Gunkbug doesn't either. Well, maybe we be leaning against this uh, this big tree hippo right now, and I'll finish my story. <laughs> so you're not really born into it. You're, you're kind of conscripted into it. Follow you around, it seems. I didn't know when it started, but I started to realize something was uh, was happening when they took a bigger interest in my father and myself. But little did I know that it was mostly just me. But there was this big giraffe fella. A giraffe? By the name of Clarence. What a, what a giraffe is. Well, you see, it's a... It's, <laughs> it's a, a horse that done got uppercut. It's got a big old long <laughs> neck, bug. Okay, so it like, it's like a horse that you put the embiggenry on. Imagine Owen Wilson, but I only embiggen the neck. <laughs> And Embiggen just made it taller. Okay. <laughs> and so he he took quite an interest after eventually I had spent quite a hefty sum invested in my boat so I can bring more grains over and more uh, things to, to Altair under the guise of uh, charitable work. I would adjust my manifests, as it were. So, like, you would, like, get, like, 10 ton of grain from the, the one place, and then you get the other place, and they say, like, I only got nine ton, and then you got another ton, and then that you... Uh, lost. Well, essentially, yes. Okay. Do. Some of the people around the docks, I realized, were working in squalid conditions, so I figured they could use something a little nicer. So I ended up helping them out a little bit more, and that's when I started seeing Clarence a little bit more. He would show up in some of these dealings. He would kind of be hanging around. Again, like I said, when we were working with my father as well, he would kind of be around, had a little notebook with him, taking notes. Then eventually, after I had uh, after I put up enough money to get a boat of my own to help with all this uh, grain giving and whatnot, I was approached with a bow tie. Nothing more. It was a bow tie and a note. And so I called, and they answered. They called themselves the Carrot Court. It was a little, it was all a little bit strange. Don't get me wrong. They had said, welcome. Welcome to, with the, welcome to the gentleman. And I said, what? (laughs) (laughs) They said, welcome to the gentleman, boy. And it was a, it was a very strange sort of day for me. But I went about my business and eventually I got a got a nice new suit in the mail. And I donned it. And boy, did it, it fit perfectly. Mmm, lordy. When did Yachty get the hat? Oh, we <laughs> don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> That's another tale for another day, Mr. Gunkbog. Thank you for joining us on this in-depth episode. Please look forward to more of these in the future. We'll be doing some interviews with our players to kind of talk about where their characters started and where they ended up. Some of the ideas that led to the creation of those characters. As well as diving deeper into our plot. The homebrew stuff and what we took from the books. Thanks for listening, everybody. 